When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is Faraz Sadiqi. I'm going to break down the top waiver wire pickups for the week going into week six. Uh, this is definitely a better week than last week. All right, I think I'm. I think I'm going to go down this list uh, pretty far and like, you know, the further we go, you're going to realize like, oh, okay, like these guys are startable, you know what I'm saying? Potentially this week, maybe for a few weeks here, um, you know, if you were depending on any Packers or Steelers this week with them on by, which means that you probably weren't banking on any real studs in your lineup for the most part. But those, those are the two teams on by going into week six. Uh, after last night, man, Christian Watson playing a full-time role. Running around on 85% of dropbacks, 26% target share. That led the team alongside Luke Musgrave, uh, who is also a waiver wire target if you need a tight end this week. Uh, not the top waiver wire tight end, but one of them. Okay. Uh, but this is a great time to buy Christian Watson. Just a side note, especially while he's on buy because fantasy teams won't be using him anyway. Um, they can probably use someone that they could play in week six. So I think they'll be glad giving up Watson. He didn't have a huge day. Right. He, you know, he, he didn't have any day where you're like, all right, man, like I cannot I have to start Christian Watson next week. But the fact that he led the team in target share, he only had a couple catches, um, but he had that long play. You know, he still got it. That, that big playability is still there. Um, so going into week seven, I think Christian Watson could potentially show that upside that he showed last year. OK, uh, but it was good to see all the peripherals there and the, and the production not there so that you have an opportunity to buy. Okay. Uh, by the way, Jacoby Myers, did you guys buy him? Did you buy? Okay. You knew I was high on Jacoby. Had him ranked as my wide receiver 14 going into the week. Significantly higher than the consensus. I don't think anyone had Jacoby as a higher wide receiver too going into the week. But there was a buy low window on him. I recommended to buy him high. Um, you can still buy him high right now because a lot of people might not believe that he can sustain this type of production. But he is the wide receiver 8 in fantasy points per game with Jimmy G as his quarterback. I have a few pieces of devastating news. Okay. Justin Jefferson out for the next four weeks at the very least. Um, this isn't good for this team. Okay. The entire offense is served better, obviously, with Jefferson on the field. And, you know, I'm talking fantasy as well. Like, I don't think it's necessarily that much better for Addison, right? Because he's going to get a few more targets, you know. They're going to have a harder time sustaining drives. His offense just isn't going to be putting up as many points. Um, there's definitely going to be more attention on Addison, but at the same time, you got to up for fantasy. You got to upgrade him because volume trumps all, right? Uh, because of the fact that you know he will likely see a higher target share while Jefferson is out. Um, Addison was the second wide receiver behind Jefferson in target share. KJ Osborne was right there, uh, but Addison was running less routes and he had a higher target rate per route run according to Fantasy Life Utilization. So now it gets bumped up. We should see a bump in target share for Addison. I don't think KJ Osborne is that good. 
So while I might be ranking Addison as a high and wide receiver three this week, I'll probably still have Osborne right outside my top 36. Uh, I don't think he has the ability to earn a high target share. I think this is uh, this is where Addison, who has the talent, he has that ability here and that opportunity to earn that high target share. Okay, this is his opportunity right now. Uh, TJ Hawkinson already had a 20% target share this season. I can see his rap participation move up just a bit. Uh, it was at 80%, which is very solid, but I can see that moving up to 85 or 90% while Jefferson's out. I also think that they won't be anywhere close to being as pass heavy as they were with Jefferson. They were a very pass heavy team over the first five weeks of the season, and now they will probably choose to run the ball more, right? Which should mean more volume. For Alexander Madison, we'll see if Cam Akers continues to close in a little bit as he's done over the last two weeks uh, on Madison's workload. But I think Madison just got a little bit of an upgrade uh, if there's more volume to go around on the ground and through the air. I have more bad news for you, and I'm sorry. But Devon A-Chain is going to miss a few games, potentially even go on IR, according to Adam Schefter. He was looking like a league winner, and he still can be when he's back, you know, hopefully, right? But this is... Terrible news. No one wants to hear this, especially if you have A-Chain in your fantasy team. Be prepared to be without him for the next few weeks. In the meantime, the Dolphins just activated Jeff Wilson's 21-day practice window coming off the pup. So he's a must-pick up this week. Um, he's available on a ton of waiver wires. Raheem Mostert gets a bump, you know, once again, back to the 1A in this backfield. Um, you know, he was kind of the 1B, you know, behind uh, A-Chain over the last couple of weeks. But We'll see where Jeff Wilson fits in here. We could see a 1A, 1B situation very soon. Could be as soon as this week, but we have no idea as of now if Wilson will be activated for this week. And if he does, we also don't know how much he'll play and how ready he is, right? So we'll monitor his practice status this week. But nonetheless, Wilson should have a good role at some point here in the next couple of weeks. You could get anywhere between one and maybe four startable games out of Wilson as a low-end RB2. Uh, maybe more depending on A-chan's injury. But it's a good offense, and he should he could see some goal line touches as well. So Jeff Wilson was my number two ad for the week, but number one is Roshan Johnson. Uh, because he had the extra few days to go through the concussion protocol since the Bears played on Thursday night, there's a good chance he clears by Sunday. Is it a guarantee? No. And I have Devo De and I have Deontay Foreman down at 10 here on this list as the backup plan. If Roshan can't go, Deontay would be the guy. He would be the low-end RB2 start for me. Uh, he had a lot of good games last year, and he could definitely take on a big workload. But my bet is on Roshan. He was already making his way into the rotation. He was already, you know, he, he already forced the Bears to scratch Foreman on game day, right? Herbert did become the guy in week four. But now I think Roshan becomes the guy while Herbert is out. Could be close to an every down back because of the fact that he was already the primary passing down back early. So you're likely going to have Roshan for three to four weeks here as a solid RB2. So he's worth your number one waiver priority, and I think he's worth about 30 to 40% of your fab if you're in need of a running back. And if you really desperately need one, you might have to spend up a little bit, even more, a little bit more. I have Quinton Johnson at number three. Again, he hasn't done it yet. However, the process tells us that we should be betting on these first-round rookie wide receivers when they have the opportunity, uh, and we can't just have them sitting on waivers, uh, sitting on waiver wires, right? He's paired with Justin Herbert. He had a 70% route participation. Uh, he saw 13% of his targets, uh, but only 33% of them were catchable. Hopefully that goes up. Uh, he's being targeted downfield, 18-yard A dot uh, in week four. They just had to buy in week five. Um, that might be critical 
for Quinton's development, right? The bye week couldn't have come at a better time for him. We could see his rap participation jump up significantly going into week six. I'm being patient with him. Okay, like I don't need to start him this week unless I'm in a real pinch. Uh, he, he's an upside flex at best this week, but he's really, for me, he's that bench stash that I want to, you know, wait to see what happens um, and wait to see if he ends up getting those targets and he shows us a little bit more than he showed us so far. Tajay Spears is at four. Like we talked about on our takeaways episode yesterday, Spears had uh, three top 30 fit running back finishes in five weeks. That would make him a PPR flex play. He's played on more than 50% of snaps. He's seen at least four targets in four or five games now. He went from a 21% rushing share over the first four weeks of the season to 37% in week five. Remember, King Henry's on this team. Okay, so he's closing in a little bit. Why? Because he's good. Okay, he's good all around. He has speed. He's elusive. He's good in the receiving game. So keep him on your bench, you know, but also... He has top third. He has a few top thirty running back finishes, so you can throw him in your flex in a pinch if you need to any given week. Okay, uh, and if the older guy at running back Derrick Henry ever gets banged up, you have a league winner on your hands. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books. You have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing but not anymore, not with better vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is better vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side -side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within better vision and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. At five, we have Josh Downs. He's coming on as a rookie. Okay, uh, somebody, if you've been following my offseason content, my draft content, you know I had Josh Downs as one of my favorite wide receivers in this draft. Gardner Minshew will be the quarterback for the next four weeks at the very least with Anthony Richardson placed on IR. And with Minshew so far this season, Josh Downs has received a 25% target share. Okay. Um, so I can think I can see him developing into a very good slot receiver in the NFL. He's someone that could be a solid PPR flex for you moving forward or at the very least while Gardner Minshew uh, is, uh, is the quarterback. At six, I have Amari Demarcado. Okay, he's he's a running back for the Cardinals in case you had no idea who he was, but uh, he was the guy who stepped in last week when James Conner left the game early with that knee injury. James Conner will miss time, according to his head coach. Keontae Ingram has that neck injury. Uh, you know, we don't know if he'll play this week. He's kind of in and out the lineup. He's also not that good, in my opinion. Uh, I think Demarcado has more juice. He's also a pretty good wide receiver, a pretty good receiver uh, out of the backfield. So I think he has a little bit of upside while Conner is out. We don't know how long he'll be out just yet, but. You know, that could mean that this is a little bit of a nice opportunity to grab someone like Dan Mercado for cheap on waivers because it seems like a little bit of an ambiguous situation. And, and it is somewhat ambiguous, but I think I'd be willing to take a shot on him and even start him as a flex this week. I have Rashi Rice at seven. Uh, you know, we called it this week going into this week. We thought he could have a good game. He had a solid game with the touchdown. Someone, you know, who was a what the heck flex going into week six. He's still not running a ton of routes. In fact, his rapper doesn't. Route participation went down, right? He was running around 50% over the 
previous two weeks, and then it went all the way down to 23%, which is not good at all. Okay, but <laughs> the silver lining here, targeted on 50% of his routes run, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, I wouldn't expect any sort of continuity here with Rice. He's still a bench dash for me unless I'm desperate. At eight, we have Zach Ertz. He keeps getting it done. Okay, Hollywood Brown has a 28% target share this season. Zach Ertz is second on the team with 23%. That mark actually leads all tight ends in the league. Okay, so he shouldn't be on waivers, especially in PPR leagues, but him catching that touchdown last week was definitely good to see. Josh Reynolds at nine. We don't know how bad Amon Ra's injury is. He didn't practice all week last week. I don't think it's out of the question that he misses another week. Some people are a little worried that this could be a sports hernia. Hoping that's not the case, okay? Uh, but Reynolds is worth the add simply because he's a solid flex play regardless as of right now, okay? Uh, I mentioned Deontay Foreman. I have him at 10. Jonu Smith, man, you know, coming into week five, he was the Falcons' leading receiver. He got it done again, okay? So, you know, he, his performances over the last last few weeks makes him a top 10 tight end play. Okay. However, you know, Kyle Pitts got his targets last week and he still performed. Drake London got his targets last week. John Smith still did his thing. So it looks like John Smith is somebody that is being preferred in this offense by Desmond Ritter. Okay. So until further notice, it looks like John Smith is playable despite, you know, my hate for this situation. Okay. Uh, Rondell Moore at 12 here. Um, I think he's a solid add simply because of the fact that James Conner is going to be out. Uh, Rondell Moore plays running back. Okay, he's going to get a, a, a few carries out of the backfield in addition to whatever work he's getting in the receiving game. So he gets an upgrade with James Conner out. Okay, so they've shown um, you know that they're willing to use him out of the backfield, which is great. He's had some big plays out of the backfield, so. This is a situation where you could throw Rondell Moore in your flex and potentially, you know, get some flex value out of him. Kendry Miller uh, had a really good game this past week in terms of, you know, he had, he had a few flash plays, especially in the receiving game. Um, Alvin Kamara is still the guy. Okay, he didn't get this, all his rushing work. Kendry Miller didn't get all that rushing work, work until late in the game. Uh, they were up big time in this game, so he kind of closed it out. But those receiving plays that he made were in the sec in the first half. Okay, so he's still getting involved here. He is someone who is a stash. He's not necessarily super playable for me unless you're in like a real pinch in a deep league. Uh, but he's somebody that, you know, you guys know that I, I really like. I've been pounding the table a lot for him this offseason. Didn't have the quite didn't have quite the start that I thought that he could have, especially with the opportunities that he's had with Jamal Williams out, that sort of thing before Alvin Kamara came back. However, I do think that Kendrick Miller, second half of the year, could provide some value potentially. Curtis Samuel, he has been the wide receiver, you know, outside of Terry McLaurin, you know, he's been outproducing these guys, right? Like, it's crazy to me that the target shares are not super, super heavy on Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Instead, you know, we're seeing Logan Thomas, who, by the way, you know, he is on this list at down at 22. You're not going to see him here, but, you know, he is a waiver wire pickup if you need a tight end and these other guys aren't available. But, like, you know, of course, like, you know, you, you got to prioritize those guys over Jahan Dodson and Terry McLaurin, right? Like, it, it only makes sense. Um, it really doesn't. It really doesn't at all. But Curtis Samuel, you know, we've seen him pop here and there with high target shares. Week four, he had a high target share. Week three, not so much, but he still got the production. Um, and he's still being looked at, right, uh, in this offense, in the passing offense. So he's worth a pickup if you need 
a, a flex wide receiver to play this week. Robert Woods, uh, keep in mind that Tank Dell is in the concussion protocol, so he might not play in week six. That would upgrade Robert Woods. Uh, but either way, I think Robert Woods is a, is a decent add. You know, we, we we now know that he's kind of like third in the pecking order here between the receivers that they have there. But, you know, if they're going to continue to be a, so a team that trusts C.J. Stroud in the pass game, um, I think Robert Woods could be a potential, uh, you know, low and wide receiver three, high and flex play uh, if Tank Dell were to be out, especially in PPR leagues or specifically in PPR leagues, I should say. Uh, Justice Hills at 16. He saw 55% of the snaps in week five. Gus Edwards still led them in rushing yards, but I'm sorry, rushing attempts, but Justice Hill still looking good. Okay, he had the touchdown this game. He has a little bit more juice. I can see him becoming like the guy in this backfield moving forward. I talked about it already. It was good to see him out snap Gus Edwards uh, this past week. He's also the primary receiving back as well. Um, so I think Justice Hill could be more involved as the season goes on. A uh, little bit of a low-key ad at running back this week, and you might not have to spend a whole lot, but I think he's a, a, little, a nice little strategic ad uh, to your bench this week. Chuba Harbert at 17. He's been outplaying Miles Sanders. He's actually having a pretty good season, pretty efficient season as well, considering that the Panthers aren't really a good offense. Uh, but Chuba Harbert is playing well. Miles Sanders is not playing well. He lost a fumble last week. Not good. So Chuba Harbert could be uh, a flex play for you, an RB3 play for you if you need it. Um, but, you know, not something you can depend on really because this is a bad offense. But, however, you know, he is getting some work. And anytime a running back gets work, especially given the fact that so many running backs are get, getting hurt right now and not playing, I think Chuba Hubbard could be an option for you. I mentioned KJ Osborne already. I think that he is a potential flex play for you, right? I just don't want to depend on it uh, with Justin Jefferson out. He is going to be running a ton of routes. He's already already running like some of the most routes in the NFL because of how pass heavy the Vikings are. But he's not getting the production that you would think for someone who's running that many routes. Right. Especially someone who you think would the, the real reason why, you know, he's relevant at all, in, in my opinion, is because Justin Jefferson has been, you know, get, getting so much attention from defenses, which leaves leaves Osborne open at times. Right. That's really what it comes down to to me. Maybe I seem like a hater. I don't know. I, I just think that there are better options. So regardless, though, I think Osborne's still a pickup. He shouldn't be on waivers because there is going to be some extra opportunity to go around in this offense. Jonathan Mingo, you know, he might be more preferred for me, like if you're looking more long term, because remember, he is a second round pick. OK, so he's a day two pick here uh, who got a 26 percent target share in week two and then had, you know, some he had I think he had the concussion. Right. And then he came back 21 percent target share in week five. So there is something here. Right. There is a couple peripherals here. You're like, OK, I see it. You know, obviously, I'm feeling killing it right now. But Mingo could emerge at some point. So I, I like picking up Mingo this week and throwing him on your bench at the very least. Uh, and then at 20, I have Luke Musgrave. Um, you know, listen, he uh, tied with Christian Watson with the t- in the team uh, for the team lead in targets last night for Green Bay. And he was in the doghouse for a good portion of the game. Okay. Uh, early on, because he did, I don't know what he did wrong. He did something wrong and he was being yelled at by his head coach. And because of that, he was off the field for, still regardless like he's still like tied Christian Watson for the team leading targets. Okay. So he's somebody that should be considered. Um, I think that this offense just was like kind of up and down right this year. Uh, Luke Musgrave was like in, not the lineup. It, it wasn't smooth. Right. So we could see a situation where when things get a little smoother, 
we could be looking at Luke Musgrave as a top tight end, or you know, top 10 tight end at some point, right? Will it happen right away? I don't know, but it's going to happen at some point, I think, especially in PPR leagues, okay? Um, a couple other guys, Keontae Ingram, you might want to add him. Logan Thomas had a good week last week. Not sure how sustainable that is, uh, but Marvin Mims as, as well. He didn't have a good game. He wasn't targeted a whole lot. His route still didn't go up, but he's still worth a perspective. Just add on your bench at the bottom of your bench just, just to see in case his routes ever go up. Um, and then Jaden Reed at 24 was the last guy I had, but we'll see, uh, you know, what this target distribution looks like in Green Bay moving forward. Uh, if you just needed someone to pick up, he might be somebody, but he's not a priority ad at all. Okay. Um, I wanted to just hit up a few, uh, quarterback streamers for you guys. So I'm just going to take a second here to pull that up because I know that, you know, some, some guys lost, um, Anthony Richardson this week. So there are a few potential pickups that you could have this week let me let's go over them real quick okay um let's see all right so the guys who are available for this week i think matthew stafford um you know going into this week let's see going up against arizona at home um only 50 percent rostered on yahoo um he's somebody that will be the clear waiver wire pickup for me um, I think Baker Mayfield, you know, is a decent pickup, but I don't like him as much as Stafford, but he is a solid stream. I think, I think, um, let's see, uh, Russell Wilson in Kansas city. I don't love it, but uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, Sam Howell in Atlanta, uh, not a big fan of that one. Uh, I'm, I'm going over the guys who are available in a lot of leagues, by the way. Um, Daniel Jones in Buffalo. Who knows if he'll even play that neck injury is a little bit concerning. Uh, Bryce young, a little bit of a low key, uh, pick up there against Miami. He looked good last week, a lot better than he's had looked. Um, probably his best passing game of his career in Miami. I think that could work out in a negative game script. Desmond Ritter uh, at home against Washington. He obviously plays way better at home. He has that little bit of a threat to score a touchdown on, on with his legs, but like the floor is like really low with him. Okay, so I don't love that. Um, and I think that's really it. I think Jacksonville, I'm sorry, Gardner Minshew in the revenge game uh, in Jacksonville, I think uh, is a solid play. I do like him maybe as a top three streamer this week. Okay. Because he has a number one. He has a little bit of a rapport with uh, Josh Downs as well. So we could see a little bit of a good game from him. Um, you know, do, do I, do I want to play Zach Wilson against Philly? That's really scary to me, despite the good matchups on paper. He had a good matchup on paper in Denver as well. Didn't really work out so well outside of Brees Hall. Okay. Uh, I think that is going to do it uh, for this episode. Uh, guys, if you could do us a favor, just subscribe to the podcast, uh, whether you hit add, follow, whatever it is on the Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, that would mean the world to us. Okay. So we would really, really appreciate it if you could do that. And, uh, and yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. Oh, by the way, uh, waiver wire lists and stuff consensus rankings are on the website at upperhandfantasy.com the rankings will be up tomorrow as well okay just wanted to point that out all right take it easy guys see you later bye bye